2: back everybody another edition here of the Auburn undercover podcast on the 24-7 sports network my name is Nathan King joined here today by Christian Clemente and Jason Caldwell doing a show that we did last year um, that I think you guys enjoyed we really enjoyed doing starting to get to the point now where uh, obviously a couple weeks away from media days the season is starting to feel pretty real Um, and fall camp will be right around the corner here August 3rd before you know it and so We're working on, or at least I'm I'm working on, the website. You know, an individual schedule breakdown of Auburn's 12 regular season opponents. But I wanted to get everybody's perspective here on just the schedule overall. I think a lot of people have kind of landed on Auburn sitting around six or seven wins this season. But uh, you know, what are what are the actual most winnable games on the schedule? What are the games where if Auburn pulls off an upset, it'd be pretty big. On the flip side, what are the games where if Auburn were to lose, it could be pretty detrimental for the rest of their schedule. So we got Christian and Jason in here today. And uh, this was a fun show last year. I remember Christian had a pretty hot take. I think, I think he had LSU number two in terms of like second least winnable game, I guess you should say, which turned out to be pretty prophetic because LSU ended up having a, having a fantastic season. Christian, I remember your, your logic was I, we have no idea. We have no idea what to expect out of LSU. Like they could be great. They could go five and seven. Obviously they ended up, you know, being pretty great last season. They won the, They won the West. And so, Christian, in that uh, in that same vein, I will start with you. So basically how this show is going to work from from last year, we'll go 12 through one for all three of us, 12 being what we believe to be the easiest game and number one being what we believe to be the most difficult game. This is not us ranking Auburn's opponents 12 to one. That would be a little different. But obviously, you know, home field is taken into advantage here, positioning on the schedule, yada, yada, all that stuff. So it is most winnable, at least winnable 12 through 1. So Christian, I have a feeling we're all going to be kind of similar here with the top spot, but you never know. So I guess go ahead and get us started here with what you think is your most winnable game on Auburn's schedule this year.
0: Yeah, before I get into that, let me just mention too that we still have our 15-year anniversary special going on uh, for 75% off an annual sub if you're not subscribed already. So if you guys just listen to the podcast, if you just watch us on YouTube or whatever, and maybe you check out the site and you check out our free articles but you want to see our VIP stuff you can join us now for 75% off i think it's like $2.24 a month um so go dig around through the couch a little bit you can probably find that for next month and you'll be good to go but um coming in at number 12 um Sanford i i didn't really put a lot of thought honestly last year i didn't put a lot of thought into the whole thing um and that's kind of the same way with this one uh, But it turned out pretty well last year, so we'll see if that success continues. Um, The success will not continue for Sanford when they come and play Auburn. Um, They're a quality FCS team. They were in the FCS playoffs last year. I do remember that um, because I follow the FCS playoffs closer than most Auburn fans. Um, But this is not a game that Auburn should have any difficulty with at all.
2: Yeah, to your point, Christian, about the promo real quick. I think I, I think it's like 56 cents a week was what I calculated at at this at this price. So it was pretty solid. Yeah, just over a couple quarters a week. Anyway, um, I'm gonna agree with you. I've got Sanford in my number 12 spot as well. But we were talking before we started about this this isn't necessarily your standard FCS opponent. Like you said, Christian, they did make it. Couple rounds deep into the the playoffs last year, Michael Michael Harris I believe, is the name of the quarterback. Um, he could be the best returning quarterback in the FCS this season. They had one of the best scoring offenses in the FCS. Um, they had a great team. the The name escapes me of the Auburn High product at linebacker who played at Penn comes over. He is one of the best players in the FCS. He's gonna he's gonna be transferring to Sanford um, this year. And the only reason I think that it's a little closer than usual. Is because of the other two out of conference teams that are going to be coming to Jordan. Hair are both really bad. UMass and New Mexico State are are two of the worst FBS programs this season. So maybe depending on where it falls on the schedule, like I maybe would have been inclined to actually put UMass at the bottom spot. But I think with it being week one, Auburn's you know going to have some kinks to work out under a first year staff under you know a new system and all that. Uh, but I think it's going to be pretty close between New Mexico State and and UMass they are certainly not uh, you know the talent gap with FCS and FBS is always what it is Auburn is always going to have a significant talent um advantage over anybody even a really good FCS program but I think it's pretty close this year with uh with Samford but I've got Sanford my number 12 spot Jason what about you yeah I'm going to UMass they're terrible
1: just absolutely terrible <laughs> uh, I just went back and looked they were 1-11 last year they averaged 12 points a game um I just i think sanford at least can can threaten you to score a little bit but you're right we we honestly could probably just go hey 12 10 11 i mean 12 uh, yeah 12 11 10 let's just throw those in a hat at this point and start with you know after that because I, I this they are three teams that that those should be three is the, of the easiest wins auburns going to have and i honestly think sanford may be a little bit more difficult because at least they, they can score at times and they'll have they'll have an edge and want to in that game. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm putting UMass at
2: the bottom. Yeah, I mean, it's a good Auburn secondary, but at the same time, they've got some other question marks on defense, and you never know when somebody's going to be able to pop a play um, here and there. I've got New Mexico State actually at the number 11 spot. As bad as UMass is, New Mexico State does not inspire much confidence for me either. UMass actually used the transfer portal pretty well. I think they're going to be able to rebuild their roster. Sure. uh, somewhat nicely like okay relative to 1 and 11 here is what we're talking about um but umass is or new mexico state is also is also really really bad um these are two of the three worst teams according to sp plus currently these are two of the three worst teams in the fbs next season the only team that's worse than them currently on paper is kent state like expected to field a worse on-field product so um when you're talking about a non-conference slate for hugh freeze in year one it's pretty nice it's a pretty nice setup there um Jason we'll go with we'll go with your suggestion there and we'll we'll assuming that all of us have those three clumped in at 12 11 and 10. I think it's probably a pretty safe bet right yes. there. I so. think we'll yeah I think we'll yes, actually guys I've got Arkansas I've got Arkansas as my third easiest game. Uh, really not really not too high on the hogs this season. Um, Christian I guess you can go and you can go and ring us in with your number 9 then. Skipping skipping the three incredibly easy games. Um start us off with the with a single digit your I guess fourth most winnable
0: game. Yeah i have got Vandy at number 9. Uh, I just, they they took some steps forward for Vanderbilt football last year in 2022, but it's still Vanderbilt at the end of the day. Um, it's a road game, but that doesn't matter when you're going to Vanderbilt. I couldn't tell you too much about Vanderbilt, and that's for a good reason. I don't have many concerns about what Vanderbilt will put up a fight against Auburn. Uh, I don't know what their win total is for this year. It's probably like two and a half or three and a half or something. Um, and Auburn is not going to be one of those wins.
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's a good point I didn't even think about. I, I wrote the Vanderbilt preview this morning, actually, as we record here on Thursday, um, looking ahead to them in week 10. But you bring up a good point. Nashville, Auburn fans will go to Nashville. I think, was it, their third biggest alumni club, I think, over there in Nashville. So that's going to be a pretty big orange and blue crowd there. In week 10, I think where that game is positioned to I've I've got Vanderbilt as well at number nine. Um, You could I I don't think this will be the case, but you could be in a position there where you've only got one SEC win. If you're Auburn, maybe you've only beaten Mississippi State. If you've lost LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M and you lose a home to Ole Miss, you've only got one SEC win. And so I think not not backs against the wall, but that makes that Vanderbilt game maybe have a little bit more juice even for Auburn saying, hey, we can't let this one be a trap game. We've got to go in there and handle business. Um, Mike Wright, the Vanderbilt quarterback, he transferred to Mississippi State, but A.J. Swan, the freshman, is actually the guy who finished out the season. For them, more of a passer. Um, They bring back their top three receivers. Their offense should be better, um, but they lose a lot of pieces on defense. Y'all remember Anthony Orgy, one of the better players in the conference. Obviously, Elijah McAllister comes over to Auburn. He was a depth piece um, there. so They've got some pieces here and there, and I do think six wins like a bowl game – it, it's 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 somewhat attainable see you jason it's it's maybe is on the table um but I, i'm with you christian i don't think they're i don't think they're capturing many wins we have got a tough schedule really really tough schedule and so um i think if that game ends up being a loss for auburn that's gonna be tough because that like we we're talking about before we started jason vanderbilt should definitely be the easiest uh should definitely be the easiest sec game for auburn this season
1: um, no, I, I, Vandy would be mine too. I, Cal would have been the only one that I thought would be close, but I think because of where it falls on the schedule, it's a little bit more difficult. Auburn will have time to have got some things together by the end. So yeah, I would put Vandy here as, um, out of the power five group, the easiest of the power five games, in my opinion.
2: Yep. Definitely agree. Um, Cal is my next one, Christian. At number eight, I feel like you could go Cal or Mississippi State here. Which which one are you going with?
0: Yeah, we've got Mississippi State at number eight, actually. Uh, and for the exact reason, Cal is my number seven. Um, spoiler alert. But for the exact reason that Jason just mentioned with Cal, I think that game has potential to be closer than Harvard fans maybe think. You know, Cal was not good at all in 2022. But I believe they were at least somewhat successful in the transfer portal from the little bit that I've researched them. And the fact that it's your week two opponent – you're going all the way out to California. That's, you know, if you're going to be flying out of Atlanta, you've got a three-hour time change there. You're going, to have a, you're going to have a lot to adjust to. It'll be very different for Auburn. Um, I fully expect Auburn to win that game, but I do think there's potential for it to be consistently a seven- to ten-point game and end that way and be kind of pretty close throughout. You know, it's a game that I think Auburn will command for most of the game, but it'll be close the whole way. Um, and I've got Mississippi State as my number eight spot just because I don't have very high expectations for that team this year um, unfortunately you know given the circumstances there it's just a bit of a tough I don't want to say rebuild but transition phase where I don't know what Mississippi State is really going to be this year
2: yeah and they've got of course one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC coming back um, but the offense is going to look a lot different like you mentioned of course after the after the passing of Mike leach it's it's, it's not going to be a a um, or at least on paper, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to be a smooth transition under Zach Arnett, but at the same time, he's a good coach and, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it takes them from there. I've got Cal at number eight. You, you're right, Christian. Um, number 17 is where 24 seven has them in the transfer portal um, okay. rankings. So handful of good players coming in here and there. Um, Sam Jackson, who was on TCU's roster last year, I believe he was their backup quarterback. He'll probably be the starter. Over there, Um, so they've done a nice job. Again, like like we were talking about earlier, relative to what they did last season, they've done a nice job replenishing in the transfer portal. I just the reason I have Mississippi State over them in terms of difficulty is remembering what Will Rogers has done to Auburn the past two years. Um, He's he's done a great job, and um, you know Auburn's had a good secondary for the better part of the last two seasons as well, just like they will um, this year. But I think Mississippi State maybe. Um, even though that game's in Jordan Hare stadium, I think it's going to pack a little bit more, um, of a punch. Jason, how do you, how do you sort those two games out?
0: Let me just add on to that real quick. Sorry, Jason. Let me just add on real quick. Like I I would agree with you. Like I would put Mississippi state above Cal if I'm ranking the teams just in terms of actually ranking the schedule. I just see Cal as a little bit more of a difficult opponent. Jason, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh, I still, to me, I, I look at at talent, and I still think Mississippi State defensively is going to be really good. Um, Zach Arnett's still there. They've had some pieces on defense, and I think that'll be a. I still, I still trust players more than I do for Cal, and and uh, it's a long, it's a long way, and it's a road trip, but it's not going to be a hostile road environment in Cal, in my opinion. So I think because of that, uh, other than the the travel stuff, uh, I think. I would still put that one there, and yeah, you're right. I would probably, I'd probably flip those. I don't think Mississippi State's an easy game, but when you look at Auburn's schedule, it's about the one that I ha- that you have to go with next. Um, so, um, and that's that's the way it, it kind of falls with this one. So I, I, I I'll go Cal and I'll flip right into Mississippi State as my next pick.
2: Are they? I'm I'm look i look it up here because I know like UCLA doesn't start school until really late, and that's why the Rose Bowl is. Most all of them are
1: are September, early September. Uh, I know Oregon is, is still on the quarter system about Cal, but um, yeah, I don't know how theirs it.
2: looks pretty normal. Actually, August sixteenth they start the semester. Actually, yeah, um,
1: yeah. So you know, student no student, they'll still be probably as close to as many Auburn fans there as there will be Cal fans.
2: Oh, definitely, especially with how much this game has been anticipated in terms of Auburn fans wanting to go to a different venue it's like Penn, you know it's not the same cachet as something like Penn State where you're playing a, one of the better power programs in the country but making a trip out to California that's something Auburn fans have looked forward to for the past few years just like we have you know we've 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 been really been looking forward to this trip and uh, and getting out to that part of the country now we're we're getting in here to the bottom half of the in terms of difficulty of the schedule and it it really is a significant drop off or drop up I guess for me here with with these last six games um because i think whoever you go with here as your number six spot christian i think is significantly more difficult than mississippi state at home or cal on the road i I think these these teams you're talking about top 25 contenders here somebody like texas a&m that has a ton of talent and is trying to get back on the right track somebody like arkansas who might have one of the better quarterbacks in the sec could have a really really good rushing offense so there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities here a lot of different uh teams we could choose from um I'll be interested to see which which direction you guys go with so who do you have for your number
0: six spot Christian oh man now see now that you're bringing it up I'm really questioning (laughs) my list and I'm really looking at things around my gut has Arkansas at six because we've seen Sam Pittman do some pretty solid things with Arkansas. He's obviously turned the program around from what it was under Chad Morris. Um, But has it ever really, you know, have they taken the next step from that? They turned it around from a dumpster fire to being a quality SEC West team. But are they anything more than that? I I just don't know. KJ Jefferson has been pretty solid, but he hasn't been the greatest quarterback in the world in my eyes. Um, I don't think that's, the most hostile road environment to go into. I toyed around with Ole Miss at this spot as well um, and Texas AM. All three of those schools were really pretty close um, in this spot. Honestly, I would have maybe put Texas and M here, but Texas and M is a little bit more difficult to go uh play at than Arkansas is. So I'll put Arkansas here, but for me you're splitting pairs between those three teams here.
2: Well and you might have an opportunity going into Arkansas to your point, Christian. Um, let's say you get back-to-back wins or Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. This is the next game there. You're going to have an identity at that point in the season. Maybe you're rolling at that point in the year. A couple wins is really going to build up your confidence. Like you said, you know, Arkansas has not been even when Auburn's lost there in recent seasons. They, they've always competed there. Um, well, shoot, they haven't lost. They haven't lost there in a while. They haven't. I don't think they've lost in Fayetteville in in quite some time. And so, um, yeah, I mean that that you're right. That is sort of splitting hairs here. I'm going with Ole Miss for my number six spot. Actually, I like Ole Miss a lot as a team this season, Um, but it's something you and I have talked about, Christian. I think that game in Jordan-Hare is going to be absolutely electric. You've got a couple factors, of course, with Hugh Freeze being at Ole Miss. He's going to be charged up for that game. The players are going to be charged up for that game. Then the bad taste that was left, I think, in Auburn fans' mouths, um, really by no fault of anybody in particular, but with the Lane Kiffin saga and the coaching search, I think they're going to be Again, it might be some like drummed up energy that maybe doesn't necessarily have a point to it. Um, But I think they'll be excited for a game against Lane Kiffin and uh, an Ole Miss. And plus Ole Miss beat them last year. And so it's a bit of a revenge spot. Um, And also, again, talking about not must win games, but but a little bit of sense of urgency. To me, you look at where Ole Miss falls on the schedule. It's your SEC schedule at Texas A&M, Georgia at LSU. That's that's tough. That, that's tough. That's an upset to win any of those games. I mean, Texas A&M, we'll see what they look like. Maybe not. Maybe you know, we'll see if they're really, really bad again. But you could very feasibly see Auburn going into the Ole Miss game at home at 0 3 in the SEC. And that urgency is, is risen a little bit. You get a great home crowd um, against probably a pretty good Ole Miss team. And so I see that as a winnable spot for Auburn just because of, a, I think, a lot of different factors. I think Ole Miss might be a better team than Arkansas maybe is a better team than Texas A&M, but I just kind of like the, the setting in terms of what is on the schedule. Jason, what about you on the, on the number six spot?
1: Yeah, I just not real sold on Ole Miss, to be quite honest. Um, they did everything they could to go try to find another quarterback, and it didn't look like any of that took. And so I guess Jackson Dart wins by default. Uh, I don't know how it actually works, but I, I obviously I'm having to do this by phone now, so my, my computer's a little messed up. Somebody, if you can, quickly find me Ole Miss's football schedule. Because I, I Oh think it's tough. It's that, really that, tough. That's the part of this that I think is interesting about this one, if I remember right. So Here we go, Jason.
0: Yeah. So they have Mercer at home, at Tulane, Georgia Tech at home, at Alabama, LSU at home, Arkansas at home, uh Bye Week at Auburn, and then they have uh Bandy at home, AM at home, at Georgia uh, Louisiana Monroe at home and at to state. And
1: yeah, th- this, this could be a real pressure game with two or three losses already before mid point of the season for a team that just like last year, kind of hot out of the gate and, and faltered down the stretch. Um, this could be a, this could be one where there's a little pressure, um, money with, with contract, all those things that have gone into this one, portal King, self-proclaimed portal King. And all of a sudden you start losing a few games. And, um, Things change, so I, I don't know. I put Ole Miss here. Um, that was a game as, as dysfunctional as everything was with Auburn last year. They still had a shot to win that game in Oxford last year, um, so I'm putting Ole Miss here, um, and, you know, after that, you know, it, then it becomes really interesting for me. This one was – this actually was pretty easy one for me here. Um, moving forward now is is a bigger question for me. Um, I'll flip it and start this time. I would put Arkansas because of the success that Auburn's had. I would put Arkansas at five. That's a place they have played pretty well. The only game they've lost there was when they blew a huge lead and lost in overtime. If I believe right a few years ago, that's the only one in quite a while.
2: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Yeah, and if I'm remembering, you were you were around the program, of course, much more, Jason, but I, the, yeah, they blew the lead. I think they had some chances in overtime, too, yep. that slipped away from it. It took that kind of game, even going back to 2021, which they were in a good spot when they went and beat Arkansas on the road, but Arkansas was resurgent in 21. They were feeling like they were having a great season. Auburn goes in there and I think hangs 38 points on them. Bo Nix just kind of does whatever he wants, and so... Um, you know, that was that's another example of a series that Auburn had won six straight in. It was both Arkansas and Ole Miss. Both of those streaks fell last season. And so it it took one of the worst seasons in the past couple of decades for Arkansas to get a win in this series. And so I, I'm with you, Jason. I've got Arkansas in my in my number five spot for all the same reasons you you just talked about. Christian, I know you've already you've already used up the hogs here. So so what what do you got for number five?
0: Yeah, I kind of wish I went with you guys to be honest. The more you guys talked about it, because Ole Miss is my five, but I kind of wish I had them at six. Um, I don't know. I'm huge on I'm huge on vibes. I'm huge on revenge. All of those exterior factors, and nobody will actually come out and say it publicly. Going into the game, obviously, it'll be just another SEC game, but this one is going to mean a little bit more for Hugh Freeze. I mean, it'll mean more for Lane Giffen as well, but it'll mean it'll mean a lot for Hugh Freeze. And I think this team is going to be extremely fired up in that game. That's a game that I have pretty much not penciled in. I have it in Sharpie. I think Alvin's going to win that game, to be honest. I just don't see a world where Auburn loses that game. So I had them at five. I wish I would have put them at six, but it's too late now. We're rolling with the list. So I've got Hogs six, Old Miss five.
2: And this is where, now that we're in the top four, this is where it feels really weird to me, and I feel kind of icky having Texas A&M as my fourth most difficult game considering they were terrible last season and Auburn beat them. But I think it's pretty, it's kind of a consensus when you look across college football, this off season and what people think is going to happen next year, tons of talent. If there's one thing Bobby Petrino can do, it's run a good offense. They've got a bunch of pieces coming back. You have to think they're not going to lay an egg in that big of a sense for the second straight year. And in my thinking, even if they are not great, this is the this is the SEC opener for Auburn, and it's in it's early in the season. It's week four. It's at Kyle Field, which is not not as hostile as I think people make it out to be, but it is still a tough it is still a difficult place to play. Um, it's going to be the first you know SEC road start for whoever's you know at quarterback of the season. It's going to be Hugh Freeze back on the road in the SEC. I just think with all those factors together, could Ole Miss be better than A and M this season? Absolutely. Could Arkansas be better than A and M? Absolutely. But looking at where it's positioned on the schedule, that's a tough ask. And you know what? On the flip side, that'd be a huge win. That'd be a really big win. You, you're talking about maybe starting off 4-0 and if you're Auburn to go in there and beat, and beat A&M. So I'm not sold on them entirely. I do think there's a really good chance they can turn it around this season, though. And um, and it's, it kind of feels like LSU last year, Christian, when you had them really high on your list. A little bit different situation, but um, there's just kind of that unpredictability factor with A&M right now. But I think... Most people are in the same boat of believing that there's a pretty good chance they're going to bounce back because of their talent base, um, work the portal decently well, and of course you got a new offense coming in. So, um, Jason, is is, is, do you do you concur with that take as well? Yeah, uh,
1: to me the the top three
2: are are clearly the top
1: three in this one, and then and then four, five, six kind of kind of bounce around. I have Texas A and M here strictly because of the talent on the roster. Um, that's really the only thing. You look at them, especially defensively and skill position-wise, um, Connor Wegman, the, the wide receiver group is 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 talented. They haven't really done it yet. But that's a defensive front that has a load of bodies and a bunch of guys that have played football. I think, it's, I think they'll be really good defensively. So that's the only reason I would have them here. Um, I think they're a more talented roster than the teams behind them, and it's on the road, even though you're right, that is – one of the least intimidating places to play once you get inside from the outside, it looks incredible. Then you get inside and it's kind of like playing in a beehive. If you, and not without the bees, it's kind of a low, dull rumble and it's not craziness. And so um, Auburn's had pretty good success there um, over the years. And so, um, but I, from a talent standpoint, this is a talented roster. And so um, for that, I would put it at four.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with everything that you guys just said. I mean, talent-wise, this team is more talented than Arkansas and Ole Miss. Team-wise, I would probably put this team below those two schools, to be honest. But because this is the SEC opener, because it's first, um, you know, maybe Jimbo and Bobby Petrino haven't tried to kill each other quite yet. Maybe that's still rolling a little bit. The first. Actual test they'll actually have before playing Auburn would be that game at Miami, which they could lose. That's a very, that's a realistic loss. That's there's potential for that there, uh, but there's a chance they could come into this game three, you know, and maybe they've got a little bit of confidence. So I've got AM penciled in at four, but for everything that we just talked about, it's such a weird team. It's such a weird game that I could very easily see Auburn winning this game and not blowing them out, but I can see them winning it. For a road game, winning it easily, winning by 10, something like that. But we we just don't know what A&M is going to be this year.
2: Yep. It's kind of an either or for me right now. I think this is a really difficult spot for them to open up SEC play. Like you said, we don't know what they're gonna look like. Um, but at the same time, would not be surprised if Auburn wins this game. Like it, it would not be shocking if if we're talking, you know, a couple months from now and Auburn has gone in there and won. I think it was twenty nineteen. Granted, that was a good that was a really good team in 19 Um, lots of lots of defensive lots of nfl players there for auburn on defense they won nine games but that was also their sec opener i think it was week three went in there and and beat beat texas a&m on the road and so um like jason said they've had good success there um there was that streak until a couple years ago where the road team was always winning of course that's been that's been snapped as of late um but they've also got some confidence against this team because of uh, because of what cadillac williams and auburn did at the end of the season, Christian, I want you to ring us into the uh, to the top three here. I'm very interested to see if we all have the same thought process here.
0: Yeah, Nathan, I know we do because we were talking a little bit before the show. I've got Alabama at number three home game. Auburn, as long as Auburn has somewhat of a pulse, Auburn has a chance in a home Iron Bowl. That's just the way it is. Uh, I mean, Brian Horson and T.J. Finley almost won an Iron Bowl against Bryce Young.
1: You don't have to say anything um, else. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. all you
2: have to say. A one-legged T.J. Finley,
0: basically. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, and if Brian Harsin was a better coach, he would have used his two-point reverse to Shanker in first overtime, and they would have just ended the game there. Uh, he did not do that. Auburn obviously lost that game. Um, so because of the question at quarterback for Alabama and because it's a home iron bowl, I have them at three. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying it's an easy game by any means. Alabama has so much talent across the board on that roster. but we've seen some we've seen some issues with Alabama over the past couple of years. you're you're starting to see the question a little bit more of people wondering, you know, is it starting to fall apart? Um, the offensive line hasn't necessarily been great by Alabama's standards, um, but the, they obviously have so much talent. Um, defensively, they've got a good, good group of running backs. Curious to see what the O line looks like if they're a little bit better. But I just have no clue what the quarterback group is going to look like. I do not think that kid from Notre Dame is anything special. Um, like, I don't know if he'll even win the job, to be honest. Over Simpson or Milrose, so we'll we'll have to see. Long way to go until the Iron Bowl, but I have them at three.
2: Jason, since you agree, I'll let you I'll let you continue yeah. in that train of thought. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's it. I mean, uh, Alabama
1: comes to Jordan Hare Stadium. Auburn has a chance to win. That's, that's it. There's no better example than we saw two years ago. Um, that's, that's kind of the way that history has shown. Um, when that game's here, Auburn, Auburn has a chance. And so uh, that's why you'd put that above the other two games, even though one of those is at home. Um, you know, Obviously, Auburn has not played Georgia nearly as well uh, anywhere compared to the way they played Alabama at home. And so I would have Alabama at three here. Christian said there's, there's some questions I have about them. Georgia has the same question at quarterback too, but feel like in in other spots they're 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 a little more solid than that Alabama roster is, and uh, just the belief factor for Auburn at home against Alabama separates that one.
0: Well, and even you know it's been a long time, but Hugh Freeze has had success against Nick Saban, Um, so we've seen that track record a little bit in the past. And
1: Jason, that that
0: brings confidence as well. Yes, and you know we were out on the road doing some recruiting stuff earlier today on Thursday if Auburn has a decent squad going into that, imagine how many recruits are going to be at that game because of what will be setting up for Auburn's chances there. And Hugh Freeze will want to stack those sidelines. He's going to want to go out and try and prove a point and we'll see if it happens, but they've at least had some Hugh Freeze and Auburn have had success um, against Alabama.
2: Yeah. I mean, like Jason said, it's, it's just what history shows. Um, 2012, no, excuse me, not 2012. Um, What season am I thinking of 2009? Excuse me. I don't think that Auburn team had any business hanging around with Alabama yep. in that game. And, you know, they're up 14 to nothing if Alabama doesn't drive like 18 plays and then Auburn probably wins that game talking about a couple years ago, even 2015, or excuse me, not 2015, um, 2016, that, that game wasn't in Jordan Hare stadium. Um, but Auburn goes with like half their roster injured and, and competes with Jalen hurts in Alabama for a little bit. And so, like you said, Jason, like Georgia has similar question marks at quarterback, but recent history tells us that it's just different in the Iron Bowl. Auburn's just going to play differently. Um, Georgia's kind of beaten them down in a submission as of late. It's it's not been the same case. Even, I mean, look at last year. They, they have no coach. They they change up their their offensive scheme entirely, and they run for more yards on Alabama than anybody ever has under Nick Saban. Um, you know, Alabama's still got a lot of talent, like Christian said. Um, you know, the Saban questions – Maybe I think their recruiting class this year is the third best all time. So it's like it's not as if they're declining in that aspect. I just think the quarterback questions for Alabama have such a big ripple effect across the SEC. I, I, I mean, our, our Brandon Marcello sent out a uh, sent out kind of a poll. He's a story he's putting together, like biggest SEC storylines. and And mine was, does Alabama have a quarterback because of that ripple effect? LSU could win the West again. Georgia would not have to play Alabama on its schedule. Alabama has shown to be a kryptonite for Georgia, even when Georgia's a much better team. Resurgent seasons for Auburn may be made easier. Resurgent seasons for Texas A&M, who gets Alabama at home, maybe is made a little bit easier. So I just think that has such a big ripple effect um, throughout the conference. And I mean, if the defense comes in and plays with their hair on fire like they did in 21, like Christian said, that was a completely auburn had no business at all even being in that game and they had several chances to go and win it with with again one you know a very very inefficient quarterback um a head coach who was trying to blow the game at every at every possible turn and so um yeah so we all agree alabama at number three so the only games remaining christian are a road trip to baton rouge where it's crazy to say but auburn could go win its second straight game in baton rouge after not doing so since uh since 99 and then you've got Georgia coming to, to Jordan Hare stadium in the middle of the season. So what's your number two spot? And I guess your number one spot as well, cause it'll be spoiled off. It's like,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm sure we're all going to have the same three, two, one here. i have got LSU too. Uh, I think Georgia is a stacked team. And uh, Nathan, we were talking about it before the show. If Carson Beck is even half decent, if one of those other guys is even half decent, they've got all the pieces around to be stacked. Um, And the reason I've got LSU at two, even though it's on the road and Georgia's technically at home. I mean, like you just mentioned, Auburn did go out and win at LSU. Now it's a totally different LSU team from two years ago. It's totally changed roster, new coach. Jane Daniels started to improve during the second half of the season. The only thing that gives me a little bit of confidence or sense that Auburn can be competitive in that game is kind of exactly what we just talked about with Alabama in the sense that granted it was at home last year, but I mean, Auburn had a lot of chances to win that LSU game last year and they just never took them and never ended up actually winning it. Um, Like I said, granted that was at home. Jane Daniels started to honestly improve really pretty much right after that game. Um, But still, I think there's a path for Auburn to potentially win the LSU game. Do I see that happening? No, Um, but I've got them at two and Georgia at one.
1: Yep, same thing for me. Um, yeah, I mean, think just just the difference in in um, mindset. It, it, this uh, Georgia is a big hurdle right now for Auburn, um, mentally, physically, everything about it. And uh, I don't know that, that this roster is quite ready for that just yet. LSU's a, a team. You're right; they played LSU toe to toe last year. I think Jay Daniels had like 73 yards passing. Robbie Ashford had 320. And, and Auburn couldn't find a way to pull out the win. Um, that's going to be a game where they go and feel like, I don't care where it is. We feel like we can beat this team. Uh, don't know that that mindset is going to be there for Georgia quite yet. And so um, have LSU two, have Georgia one.
2: Yeah, use in the same vein as Alabama of late in terms of Auburn's, like you said, their mindset against them. Good LSU teams, really good LSU teams. Maybe one of the best college football teams of all time in 2019. Auburn goes in there and almost wins that game with Bo Nix playing absolutely terribly. And Auburn had little to no run game there um, as well. And so it's, it's that, it's that mental hurdle that you're talking about Jason with Georgia that just kind of puts them far and away. The number one, even though they are coming into Jordan hair, that game will be absolutely electric, but they've come into Jordan hair several times over the last few years in really electric environments. And Auburn has been able to do nothing offensively. They were down 21, zero and, in 2019 they made that interesting there at the end but but obviously had little offense and that game was final scores like 42 to 10 in 2021 and that was a decent auburn team at that point in the season like they were they were about to win a handful of sec games and so um i think lsu is awesome this year i love what they did in the transfer portal um christian talk about the recruiting rankings in the portal they have four i don't know if you saw this they they landed four of the top 15 transfer corners in the portal like just guys from all over the place, including I think it's Zai Alexander played at Southeast Louisiana and, and our transfer. People love him. He's got him as like the number three cornerback in the portal. And so loaded back up on defense, lots of weapons on offense. league neighbors is awesome. And like you said, Christian Jane Daniels kind of came into his own there down the stretch of the season. I also have them in that second spot as well, because as good of a coach as Brian Kelly is like they, they obviously splash higher and they saw immediate returns. Like They literally went to the title game in, uh, in Atlanta, it's still year two. Like, you can still have some issues. They were not a perfect team last year. Like, Tennessee was awesome, but they absolutely gutted LSU like a fish in Baton Rouge. And then LSU lost to a toward the end of the season. And AM was really, really bad. I think they went from losing at Auburn and then beat LSU in College Station. And so, um, while I do think they're going to be a national title contender under him, it's still early. It's still year two. Could they lose a clunker at home to Auburn? Absolutely. Like, definitely could. And I think that's much more feasible again. Don't think that's going to happen at all. That's much more feasible an outcome. I think than a established Kirby smart Georgia team. That's going for a three Pete going on the road and losing um, to a year one Auburn team. Although, like you said, Christian going back and, and looking at what Kirby or what Hugh freeze did against Alabama. Um, those were a lot of Kirby smart defenses at, uh, at Alabama. So that's something to note as well. I know it's a lot different it's a decade later, sec is a lot different, but he has had his fair share of success against a, uh, Against Kirby Smart as well, so um, that's it, guys. That's that's twelve to one. Um, we agreed on most of it. So a few little, a few little interesting um, deviations here and there. I keep landing. I don't know about you guys. I keep landing on seven wins for this team. I don't know. I can't exactly pinpoint where I think each of them is going to come from. Like I maybe couldn't give you a, a game by game. Um, but I, I, you know, six and a half is kind of been the common win total you see for this team. And really, it was after they landed Peyton Thorne. And after you could see that in the portal, they really, I mean, they did everything they could and then some. Um, I kind of bumped them up from from six to seven. Christian, I don't know where you land on a kind of a, a ballpark estimate. Obviously, this was this was not an exercise in predicting every single game to a T. Um, but I I just kind of I don't know. Every time somebody asks me about it, I keep coming back to seven wins. Can't really tell you why, but I think think a two win improvement is is a pretty good pretty good thing for Hugh Freeze in year one.
0: Yeah, I think they can get seven or eight regular season wins and then maybe tack on a bowl game at the end. I'd agree with you on that. So um, I'd say seven is very realistic and eight. Maybe, maybe you win one more of those toss-up games. Maybe you go and win and take a and m or something.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm seven to 8 I'm somewhere around in there. I, I think if things fell perfectly, um, you stay healthy on the offensive line. Peyton Thorne comes in and him and Robbie, or Robbie Asher, one of those guys, and your quarterback play really takes off, then I think you could you could potentially get to nine wins. But I think then you're, you're starting to have to pull off really. To do that, you're going to have to win Texas a and early, in my opinion. That That's the one that kickstarts you early in the season. Uh, if you want to get above seven, in my opinion, it, it is going to be that early game.
2: Yeah, and like we talked about here with this schedule we just looked at, there seems to be a pretty significant drop off between Sanford, New Mexico State, UMass, Vanderbilt, Cal versus the rest of the schedule. I'm not saying those are six guaranteed wins, um, but like we were talking about toward the beginning, this non conference sets up really nicely. And Jason, you and I talked about it on the um, schedule reaction show for next year. It's a nice year two schedule. Too. Yes, it's not it's not perfect, but it's a little balanced, you know. you, you look at at the, these next
1: two years for Auburn as Auburn football schedules go they're about as favorable as you're going to get. They're going to be difficult, but they're manageable schedules, and by no means do I feel like it's as difficult as what Ole Miss and Texas A&M have this year, and that's why I think they have a chance to to maybe win a couple more.
2: Yeah, and so you're, you're combining that with a resurgent feeling in the program, both from a recruiting standpoint, a roster management, and just coaching overall, feeling like Auburn is in a better spot than it was this time 365 days ago. I think there's a decent chance to, to feel like Auburn can rack up some wins over the next couple of years. And then, of course, year three and year four, that's when you're like, all right, here's the 12-team playoff. Is Auburn going to get in there? Is Auburn contending for the West? But these first couple of years, obviously, you're just focusing on racking up as many wins as you can. So um appreciate you guys. That was a bit of a lengthy show, but uh, definitely enjoyed that one. Um, for anybody listening, uh, I'm going to go put it on the website. I think we'll post this on Saturday. I think that's probably a smart idea. Maybe Saturday morning. Um, I'll make like a make a story as well with all of our picks and all that and uh, kind of a, a composite ranking of, of what we think are the most difficult games on the schedule. And so um, once again, we appreciate everybody for listening today. Like Christian said, our 15 year anniversary special is still going. Um, we've almost got 100 signups from this special alone. So if you guys are listening to this and you have joined us in the past week or so, um, we definitely appreciate you guys and welcome to the site. Hope you guys are enjoying it um, so far. So you can just go to the homepage, Auburn and you can see the promo right there. Check it out. Give us a try. We know that you'll love it. And uh, we'll love having you guys on there as well. So appreciate everybody for listening. Go leave this five-star review if you liked it. Bumper Music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. So the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody have a great weekend. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the Siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band YouTube. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.